God, you're good to us. We're thankful for um, the signs of life that are all in this room, Lord. And um, we thank you for the beautiful name of Jesus. We thank, we're thankful for, for what you've done, that you've not left us in our sin, but you've sent Christ. And today we worship you, Lord. So help us tune our hearts to a song that's pleasing. And Lord, help us turn our attention to you fully. In Jesus' name, amen. It's good to be with you this morning. Um, we're going to be in Psalm 119, and, and if you know anything about the Bible, it's got 176 verses. We are not preaching all of them today, okay? So that would be a lot of verses. So Psalm 119, and we'll be jumping around there in a second. Before we do that, um, when Judson, my son, was little, we were uh, at a restaurant, and when, you're one year, when you have a one-year-old at a restaurant, nobody really eats, you know? You, if, you, if you can think back, if you've had that happen, or you know you, now you have a kid, like, one-year-olds just like to throw things and like to throw their food and get loud. And for some reason, all of a sudden, you're like, they hear, yeah, like to just yell. And so we're at not, we're not at a fancy restaurant, okay? We were at Sonny's Real Pit Barbecue. And if you're from down south, you know what that's about. That's down from where my wife is from, near Gainesville, Florida. That's where that came out of. And so we were, it's one of our favorite barbecue restaurants. You don't need to know that except for I'm just thinking about Sonny's. So that's just for me. So that's just added detail. So we were sitting there. And these, there's this couple next to us that were just highly offended that our one-year-old was daring to be a one-year-old. Now, now listen, I, when I go to a restaurant with my kids or my kid, I do everything I can for them not to unduly agitate the person next to, next to me or around me, okay? I don't let them go up and, like, you know, go to the table and be like, hi, okay, I don't do that, all right? And I just want you to get that. But this was in the bounds, okay? That he was just, it was like as loud as a conversation, but he was going, bah, 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 and he was, you know, smacking his cup and we're like, stop. This couple was like, you could hear him going, mm. you could hear their condescending looks. I mean, that's how loud their looks were. You could hear it. And I just was like, buddy, there's some really crotchety people in this place that don't like life. So maybe you need to keep it down a little bit awkward end of the meal. Um, true? Sorry. Yeah, that's my wife. That happened. Um, they were highly offended at that, and I was like, well, good. Don't come to a restaurant if you don't like being in public, right? Here's the thing. Why I mention that? Life is a good thing, but life comes with a lot of noise and a lot of movement, a lot of responsibility, but life is a good thing. So today, as we come into worship, there's been a lot of life. There's been a lot of noise. But wouldn't you rather there be life than deadness? And how grateful are we that we got all these kids in here today? I'm going to invite, I told my son, um, Judson, I asked him if he'd help me out. Judson, would you come up here for a minute? And by the way, kids, if you will fill out that, those notes and color a picture and come see me after, I have a, a gift for you for hanging in here with us, okay? So come see me after the service, all right? So this is a Bible. Um, at VBS, I'm going to ask everybody to do me a favor. Would you stand? At Vacation Bible School, we said the pledge to the Bible every day, and I want us to say the pledge to the Bible, okay? Justin's going to be my, my uh, bearer here, and so when we were at Vacation Bible School, we did attention, we did salute, and we did pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp to my feet, a light into my path, and I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. You can hold on to that, and we'll take it home, okay? So um, you can have a seat. I'm sorry I didn't tell you that. We're done. 
I just want to see, now, if you've ever said the Pledge of Allegiance to the Bible, maybe this is your first time, maybe you've said it before, there are two Bible verses that are in that, and they're from Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the largest psalm in the entire Bible. There's 176 verses. It's actually quite a feat of literary ability. Um, Every section of that, if you go and look at Psalm 119, and we don't have time to look through all of it today, each different section corresponds with the letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So Aleph is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and so all of the, se- all of the verses in the first section, the, the verses begin with Aleph. Every, every word begins with that, or every word at the beginning begins with that. So it's kind of, a, it's kind of an acrostic, if you will. It's, kind of, it's, a, it's, a really, it's a play on the alphabet to talk about thoroughly. From A to Z, the Bible, God's Word, is good for us. And so I'm going to go, we're going to read just a couple of select portions of Psalm 119 because I want to impress upon us something here. God's word is a light to our feet and a guide to our path, so we'll go the right way. Therefore, if that's what the Bible, and that's what all 176 verses are about, that God's word lights up our path so we'll know which way to go. If that's the case, then we should do everything we can to store up God's word in our heart. And oftentimes, we, we, in, for, for children's ministry, we, we bang the drum, memorize scripture, memorize scripture. But a lot of times, we forget to store up in our, as adults, we forget to store up God's word in our hearts. So that is our major thing. But I want you to look at Psalm 119, verses 1 through 3, and it says some things about being blessed. And it says this, blessed are those who, whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. And so the blessed idea is happy, okay? It's not, it's, it's happy is, like I said, happy is a small word. As, as Bob Dylan once said, happy is a yuppie word. Happy is a small word. But the blessedness, the happiness, the joyfulness that comes with knowing God. Last week we looked at the scripture that said, blessed are those who have, have their sins forgiven. It's happy, joyful. Today we're going to be blessed are those who walk in accordance with God's word. And so there's a joyfulness. Here's the difference. How many of you, if there, anybody in here, does anybody like ice cream? God bless you. you. Just pretend, if you will, for a second, that you have a scoop of your favorite ice cream on your favorite type of cone, okay? Whether that's sugar cone or whether that's that one that tastes like styrofoam, whatever it is, okay? You got a scoop of ice cream. Would you be happy? Yes, it's okay to make some noise today. Everybody else is okay. So it's okay. It's cool. We cool. Would you be happy? Anybody want to yell out a flavor that they like the best? Chocolate chip? Vanilla? Wow, keeping it real. Chocolate, strawberry. Uh, I like mint chocolate chip. All right, we're good. We got that's, that's plenty. You get that? Well, well, I didn't realize that, like, listen, if you want to get this crowd going, you just mentioned ice cream flavors. Like, yeah! Okay. French vanilla, butter pecan. Whatever you got, just picture that, if you will. How happy will you be to have that? And then, big gust of wind comes, you get startled. The scoop has not been placed firmly on the cone, and it falls to the ground. And now, you go from happy to sad. That is not the biblical idea of blessedness or happy. The biblical idea is, a, is an abiding joy that goes through all circumstances because you have a secure foundation in God. And it become, it, the Bible talks about being blessed to be forgiven. 
It also talks about being blessed by knowing the word, God's word, and walking in it. And so you hear a lot of times, you hear where I'm talking about the scriptures and the word Jesus Christ, who is the word made flesh. Those are the two things. The scriptures are something that if we walk in them and we know them and we live by them, we are blessed by that. We are happy and joyful. It's more than, our, our whole world could fall apart. Our ice cream, our scoop could fall over, if you will. But there's still that blessedness of following and walking in God's ways. Now, in that, that I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word, I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That verse occurs in Psalm 119, which is all about how great God's word is. If you would, Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We just said that in that pledge. Your word, God's word, it's a blessed word. If we follow it, it's good for us. This word, if the, the scriptures abide in us, that what they really are, it's like a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Now, how many of you have Legos, have had Legos, or there are Legos in your house currently? Anybody? Legos are cool. I went to, we, we took our son to Legoland this summer in Florida, and it was awesome. But Legos are the single greatest torture device ever invented for parents. A, a pile of Legos laid on the ground is like walking on hot needles. It's the worst. And if you've ever done this before, you've been at night trying to get up and go to the bathroom or get a drink, inevitably... You will either step on a Lego, or you will stub your toe, or you are like, who put a chair in the middle of the room, okay? Why did that happen? So there are all sorts of implements now you can use to kind of light your way and your path. Am I correct? Most of us now have the cell phone flashlight, okay? But I want to show you my favorite way to light things up. If we could, can we kill the lights? That's okay. Nobody's going to mug you, okay? This is my favorite one. You see that? It's a headlamp. You like that, guys? Hey, guys. This was pretty cool because it goes from one. I think it's got, oh, it's off. Oh, red. I don't know why that would be ever needed, but there. We can turn the lights back up. All right, that was, I got the point across. See, my wife loves this. You can even hear her say it. She loves when I have this headlamp on. I mean, it's her favorite thing. I look cool. I think that's the number one thing that matters. Um, but why would anybody ever wear something like this on their head? It's because it's incredibly useful, okay? I can read books with this. When we were in Haiti, I had a headlamp, and everybody else was like walking, groping in the darkness, watching for tarantulas. I knew where they were. You know why? Headlamp. If I have my headlamp on, I'm not stepping on those demon Legos, I come from like hellfire. I'm not stepping on those. I am sidestepping those. I'm not tripping over a suitcase like I did. We haven't been anywhere in like a month. I stepped on a suitcase last night and almost died. Like head almost, I mean, I almost, I, I was this far from not being here today because of a, a laceration in my head due to a suitcase that's still on our floor. My fault, not hers. The lamp, the light, illuminates the path so that we will stay on, stay on the right course, the right direction, 
and we will not get off course. Does that make sense? We will avoid all the pitfalls of life and those things. And so you can take me seriously, let me take that off. When the psalmist says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, don't get, don't get caught up. There's some parallelism here, which means that he's saying the same thing in two different, and saying the same thing in two different ways in order to give us the nuance and the impact. And so when he says it's a lamp and it's a light, the idea is this, that God's word shows us where we should go where we should not go, and it it leads to a path of blessedness, not destruction. Many of us see God's words as simply do's and don'ts and forget that it's about the heart of God, that the don'ts recognize that God is holy and just, and the do's recognize this when he tells us to do something. His way is better than our way all the time. All the time. Because we have a limited amount of facts. We have a limited amount of view. If you're, let's put it this way, when a kid wants to eat candy for dinner, that sounds great to a kid. And they don't like brushing their teeth either. So let's let them eat candy and not brush their teeth. And they'll have a great time until they come and they have no teeth when they're 18. And they have diabetes. And they're in, like their health is terrible. Why don't we let them do that? It's because we have the hindsight to realize, okay? And some of us have to realize this later in life than others, okay? I did youth ministry for a while. And I thought pizza was like, I mean, I ate pizza so much, okay? I, this pizza is like, it haunts my dreams, okay? There comes a point in life where you have to stop eating pizza so much or you'll die, okay? And that's just what is the deal, all right? And so you come, now you have this benefit of perspective and this view of life, and now you can go, candy is fine in moderation, but if I eat all of it, I will develop horrible habits and eventually die early, or my teeth will rot out. So what do you say? You say, the, the saying no to the kid is love, because we have this great vantage point. I, I want to argue this and show you this from the scripture, God's word, this... He, the psalmist takes 176 verses as an ode to how great God's word is. It's like a love poem to God's word. And he says this, the why is God's word to be loved in this way and to seen this way? Because following it leads to the path of being blessed and true happiness in God. And it's a lamp to our feet and a light into our path. It keeps us from the pitfalls. It shows us how to stay on the path, and it is good for us. So when God says no, it's good. When God says this is not right, it's good for us. It reflects his character, and he knows best because he has eternal perspective. He created everything, and our perspective is at best finite. Our our perspective is so small. And so his word is kind of like the headlamp where we can see the pitfalls and we can see how to stay on the path. One night, I was out in the woods um, in Florida for a Disciple Now weekend with a bunch of students. And the guys that were leading our, um, our, our Disciple Now time, they decided, we're going to take these kids out of the woods and we're going to get them completely and utterly lost. And they didn't tell the adults leading the houses they were going to do that. And so I'm freaking out because we were in the Florida, Florida you know, backwoods, okay? Complete, and they're like, you know... All sorts of reptilian creatures 
crawl around, gators, and like Florida's dangerous, okay? You got things that will get you. And so I'm walking around, and we don't know where we are. And apparently these guys were shadowing us the whole time in like full camo. It was getting a little creepy, I'm just being honest with you. And we had gotten, we were so off the path. There was no lights, no signs of where to go, and we were completely and utterly lost. That is not a cool feeling. It's like you trying to be somewhere for an appointment, and your GPS keeps going recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. You're like, ah, stop! I need to go there. Why? That lost feeling is not good. And here is the idea, not just that it leads you on the path, like God's word illuminates your path so you'll walk in the right way and you'll go towards blessedness and you'll go towards truth, but it also it keeps us from being lost in sin and overstepping and getting off the path and trespassing. In fact, that's one of the ideas of transgression in the Bible when the Bible talks about sin. It's to get off of the path and to get lost in your sin and yourself. And so Psalm 119.11, which is also in, remember, I pledge allegiance to the, to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And the next part is I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Psalm 119.11 says this, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you so that I don't go off the path. I have stored up in my heart God's word. We went on vacation this summer. Every place we went on vacation, we were trying to get, do you just have like so much just junk in your house? I do. Because every time we go and get a Happy Meal somewhere, or like Chick-fil-A, you know, the only bad thing about Chick-fil-A is they don't give you a good toy. They give you like a book. <laughs> None of the kids want that. Just being honest. It, I know, I hear it. I had amen down here. All the parents are like, books are great. Okay, kids are like, this is terrible. And you want to trade it in for ice cream, Okay. But we got all this stuff at our house. You know, don't lie. You know that's not a cool toy. All right, so we got McDonald's Happy Meal toys. We got Burger King stuff hanging out at our house. We got, like, souvenirs from places. I don't even know why we bought a souvenir. Like, hey, look, we went to the gas station on 109. Let's buy a souvenir. Oh, it's the pilot, and we put it on our fridge. Like, we just have this just garbage at our house. I mean, just do you have that, anybody? And then I get amen or oh me. Okay, so we got all this garbage at our house, and we're trying to, get rid of this garbage. And so instead of buying stuff when we went places this year, we tried to get, get Judson when we were on vacation to get like maybe something, a piece of candy, something that would only have a shelf life and would not accumulate in our house, make the walls close in. And so as we ended the summer, we started out with healthy snacks in our travel cooler. And by the time we made it back to Tennessee, we had two gallon-sized Ziploc bags, Ziploc bags full of candy. And Judson was like, this is all, it was more than he could eat or we could eat. I mean, it was like, I mean, it was bad. It was a lot of candy. But, you know, instead of a Lego land, instead of getting like, oh, I need a Lego head, you know, I can put on and pretend I'm a Lego, like you're ever going to use that, right? Like, oh, uh, you know, instead of doing that or like, oh, look, I got a visor that said Lego land on it. Yeah, I'll wear that around. No, you won't. And so instead of buying that, we bought this stuff, but then we accumulated it and we were like, wow, that's quite a bit. And we didn't set out to say, you know what we should do this summer? Let's accumulate candy. That sounds like a crazy person. Doesn't it? Let's just accumulate a whole bunch of it. And then so by the end of the summer, we'll have more than we can use and we'll throw it away. It's a great idea. It's a great plan. No. How did the accumulation happen? Over time. A storing up, if you will. And so the psalmist says here, 
about God's word. Yes, it's a lamp to our feet and a light into our path. Yes, it leads to blessedness. Following God and his ways are blessed. It also says this, I have stored up your words in my heart that I might not sin against you. And notice this, there's an intimacy here. He says, I've stored up your word. He is speaking to God, and he acknowledges that God, that the, the Bible, yes, it's come through men, but it's exactly God's word. And it's come to us in such a way that if we store it up in our hearts, it keeps us and helps us from going into sin. And so here's the thing, and here's the major command, and the thing I'm exhorting all of us to do today is this. Recognize something, that God's word is good, it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Therefore, we should store it up, accumulate it in our hearts that we might not sin against God. And that doesn't happen once a week on Sunday. If you do that, you won't store up nearly enough to keep sin because sin is always at your door. And so we need to encourage our kids and we need to exemplify and be this and, and make it a, 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 a priority in our life to be full of the Word of God tell you what, one of the best things that we've ever done here at this church is we got this Bible study that started with a big group, and it's now it's down to four, and we're getting into God's Word, and sometimes we get through two, most of the time we only get through two verses at a time walking through the book of Galatians. It's taken forever, but it's been so rich and good. Am I right, guys that are in that? It's been awesome, because God's Word has been a, it's been a lamp to us. It's so good. It's God's Word jumping off the page, and in two verses, just doing working in our lives. And so I want to encourage you in God's Word. We're going to have small groups starting up, hopefully at the, in mid-September. You might need to be in a small group. Yes, worship attendance on Sunday. Yes, every time we get together, we're going to be in the Bible. Yes, you need to read the Bible. Yes. Some of you, I know, like, listen, now we have no excuse because we even have, if you, I don't have any time to read it. You can actually let you version play on, on, through your auxiliary cord in your car, and you can listen to God's Word. You may not get all of it, but you might get some of it accumulate God's Word. And I don't know if I ever set out to, to memorize this passage, but when I was, I, when I was um, in, in high school, about eighth or ninth grade, there was a song that came out, and it was basically Psalm 27, which if you, ever know, if you know that song is, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, whom shall I be afraid? Now this song was, this, that, that psalm was put to music by a guy named Daryl Evans, okay? And, and if you ever listen to Daryl, he's a great musician, but a terrible singer, but I still love that song, okay? And it's, it's just one that has just kind of been in my life, and that verse has been something I memorized, and I want to tell you about something just to show you how God has stored that up. And I, again, I don't think I went out, and this, when he's telling you this, it's not like, I, I got a long way to go, but I just want to tell you, give you a testimony of how God has used the word, his word, especially Psalm 27. He stored that up in my heart, and that has been with me. When I was in ninth grade, I heard that song, and it was Psalm 27, and it would encourage me, because about ninth grade is when God really got a hold of my heart and called me into ministry, and really my faith grew so much, and it grew out of God's Word. In fact, the first book that I ever read of the Bible, like the whole way through, I grew up in church, but the first book I ever read all the way through was the book of Ecclesiastes. Not the best one to start off with necessarily, but that's where I was, okay? I guess I had a little emo going on, all right? So I was in Ecclesiastes, and it talks about life, vanity of vanity, all is vanity except for knowing God. So Ecclesiastes was the first one I read. And then we went to camp that summer, went to student life camp, which is where we've taken our kids to camp. When I went to camp that summer, that song was played, The Lord is My Light. The, the refrain of this song that we sang at camp was, The Lord is my, is my light and my salvation, whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, whom shall I be 
afraid. And then verse 8 of Psalm 27, which says, you said to me, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, I will seek, became just part of me. And when we'd sing that, when we'd sing that song, I just had it memorized. And as a ninth grader, when I was a, when I, I, I would think about this when I, when I was trying to, to follow the Lord. I, I would hear that refrain. I would, I would hear it in my heart. It would be God saying, you see, seek my face. And I would respond back, your face, Lord, I will seek. That helped me in temptation. That encouraged me on in my face. That, that, that God wanted a relationship with me. And so I would seek after his face. That's when I was in ninth grade. That psalm was really important. Fast forward a little bit, I was in my sophomore year at college at the University of Florida. I know some of you probably want to throw things at me, but that's where I went to school. That's just the truth. Okay, go Gators. Um, so um, my sophomore year at college, I'm waiting out front of a, of a test. Okay, it was financial accounting. It was terrible. And um, I was a business major at the time, and I'm standing out in front of that. And we're about to take this test, and I had studied for this test for three weeks. And this is a bad sign if you have this verse go through your mind before you take a test. I kept repeating this to myself in my head because I didn't want to be that crazy person on campus that just was <laughs> yelling the Bible verses out. I, was, I kept going, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I must have said that to myself before I went in that test about 50 times. Then I walked into the test and I sat down. And the first question I was like, I'm in the wrong class. Second question is, I'm definitely in the wrong class. Third question, I was like, I have never seen this before. Fourth question, I'm like, Looking around, I realized, no, I'm in the right class. I'm just stupid. And I went home. It was one of the Scantron tests, and you could take home your actual test booklet where you circled the answers. And I, could, and I, got, I got right on the Internet and could look at what I made on, or look at, you know, my answers compared to it. I made a 28%. There was 100 questions, so I got 28 right. That's terrible. And I failed. And I failed hard. And that really it ended up me leaving business school, kind of burning the ships and going to Bible college. And right there at that time, God gave me confirmation through that verse even and, and comfort and encouragement that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Not a test, not a career, but he is. And that has been near and dear to my heart. Now, fast forward a little bit farther. I'm a youth pastor in Macon, Georgia. I've lived a hard youth ministry life, pizza and soda and just doing all those things. Also, when I was a seminary, I developed a habit of drinking Diet Dr. Pepper or Diet Dr. Thunder because we couldn't afford the real stuff, okay? <laughs> Too much to stay awake to do all my papers. And I paid dearly for it because I had a kidney stone. I was at Waffle House. Again, poor decisions in life, all right? So I was at a Waffle House, and I started, I, I was eating breakfast with somebody, and the cold sweats break out, and I'm like, <gasps> what's happening? So I said, I got to go. He's like, all right, man, I'll pay the, because I was like drenched in sweat. The guy was with, I'll pick up the bill, and I said, thanks. I got to go lay down. I got in my car, and the pain got so bad, I was about blind. And I, but I drove myself to the hospital. I don't know how I got to the hospital. It's one of those things like I'm at Waffle House and then I'm at the hospital. And then before I know it, I'm on the ground at the hospital. And the lady's like, are you okay, sir? I'm like, I'm on the ground. No. <laughs> Had this little lady security guard help me to the bathroom. I was so sick. I was in so much pain. I was throwing up. And she was like, honey, I'm just going to leave this door open. So I had this like 75, it was a 75-year-old lady as the security guard at the hospital. And it was, I know this is weird, but she, kept, she just like patted me. While I'm throwing up, oh, son, it's going to be okay. It's really an awkward situation. I get into, this is true. 
I get into the hospital room. They're hooking up IVs. You don't know what's going to come out when you're in that much pain. And I'm thankful this is what came out. And my mom and my wife can say this. I continually quoted Psalm 27, which is the grace of God. And I did it in pain. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Ah. My Amy's crying because she's going, he's going to die. <laughs> he's getting ready. He's quoting the scriptures. This is 100% true. Talk to her about that. I'm thankful that's what came out. I wasn't planning for that to come out, but that's what came out. Why? Because the cumulative effect of God's word in my life through people pouring into my life, through being in church, being in fellowship with other believers, reading God's word, hearing it preached, that was stored up, so that's what came out. That's not always what comes out. But I can just give you testimony of that. That's just God's word as a lamp to our feet and a light into our path. And if we hide his word, store up his words in our heart, it'll help us not sin against God and to walk in the path of joy. And so I want to encourage every single one of us to walk in the joy and happiness of God's word. To not be ashamed of it or afraid of it or to even kick against it because it says things that we do not care for. But to come and approach it and say that God is speaking to me through this word and it is right and I am wrong. And it leads to life and my way does not. My perspective is limited and I need it in my life. And that's a word for every one of us. From two to 92 and beyond. Because as long as you're here, you need God's word to light your way. Let me say a prayer over us. God, you're good to us. We are thankful that your word ultimately tells us about Christ and our firm hope in him. And God, you are the fulfillment, the word made flesh. Jesus, thank you for coming. We, God, I pray today that it would be impressed upon every heart here how true your word is and that every man would be found a liar, but you would be found true. God, would you help us to see your word as a light unto our path and the way that leads towards everlasting life, especially through Jesus Christ and only through Jesus Christ? Lord, would you also show us that our way leads to death and that we need to store up your words in our hearts that we wouldn't sin against God? And Lord, would you help us to be obedient and not sinful and help us be full of the word and not full of our own wisdom? God, would you help those who are in this room and maybe far from Christ, Lord, would you, would you convict their hearts of sin and show them that they, that they need to turn and trust Christ? We thank you for today, Lord. We ask for your blessings on the rest of it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now, we got, a, we got something really neat we get to do today. If I could have our baptism, baptism little candidates come forward. Tom, if you could help me. Um, we got Ellie Lockovich coming, and we got Philip Grant coming. And um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about each of these, and uh, we'll let Ellie go first, okay? 
my hand this over. This is Joey, and that's Marcella, and uh, this is their daughter, their eldest, Ellie. And um, Philip, if you guys can just, and Kelly, you stand right over here. I want to tell you what's going on in Miss Ellie's life, and her dad's going to uh, dunk her here in a second. Um, first off, we need to know this baptism is a symbol of what Christ has done and the fact that Ellie has come to the place where she's trusted Christ and uh, wants to follow as an example to show everybody that she is following Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. And so here's the thing. Joey and Marcel, oh, wait, wait, wait to get in there. You're going to get real cold. You know, I'm going to talk for just one more minute. I want you to die. Okay, hypothermia is real. Okay, you're, are you all right? All right, you can keep one leg in. You're halfway in there. I'll get you a minute. All right, so Joey and Marcella were pregnant with Ellie when they met Eric and the folks at the Journey in Lebanon. Many, and you ten, you're 10 now, right? So about 11 years ago. Um, they don't know why, but they popped into a church, and they'd never really been in church a whole lot before, and they just saw this church that was kind of open off 109. They were like, oh, we'll pop in there. And lo and behold, they came to faith in Christ. They were baptized, and they have brought their daughter up to know the Lord now. And she, in, in talking with her, she has a full understanding of what Christ has done of his death, burial, and resurrection, and what it means to have faith in Jesus. As much as a 10-year-old can, but she really has it. She understands. I'm talking to her. She understands that this is, doesn't save her. This is just a symbol of what Christ has done, and she's trusting in what Christ has done. And when you sit down with them and they know the gospel, you're like, mm. And then I also want you to see this here. This is God's faithfulness. God started something down in Lebanon, Mount Juliet, and it got here, and God's still working and moving. This is awesome. So this is, this is just testimony of what God can do in lives and that he takes people who are far away from Jesus, and now they're leading their kid to Jesus. It's so cool. And so Joey asked if he could baptize her. I'm like, sure. So he asked me how to do it, and so we're going to see if we can do it. He was not going to drown you, okay? All right, you, he's kept you alive this long. So if you would hop in, Joey's going to baptize her as a sister in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we baptize you. And we can let you run this way. I don't think we forgot the towels I told you we were going to bring you. So have fun. It's all right. This carpet will dry. Mama, you want to take her out of here? That'd be good. Way to go, Ellie. All right. Philip, if you would come up here. This is Philip. And uh, this is Kelly Grant, his mom. And um, oh my gosh, we came prepared. Look at you guys. Bethany the corn. And a blanket. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. You got a towel. Okay. That was my bad. This is always fun. We're still a well-oiled machine here. I don't know if you guys can tell. This is, this is my man, Philip. And um, I want to tell you something. This, this really happened. Philip started coming to our youth ministry called The Mix. His mom has been coming for a long time, um, and, and he's been coming off and on. But that, around The Mix this last year, he started coming to our youth ministry that meets on, on Wednesday nights. And he started asking some really, really good and deep questions, which if you know him, he, he's a sharp guy, and, he, when, and he's a sincere guy, and so he started asking questions, and so Mitch and I looked at each other, and it's like, he needs to go to camp, and so we were made it, it was possible there was a scholarship available, and he went to camp with us, a student life camp at Chaco Springs. Now, while there, Philip became, he wanted to know about baptism, and he wanted to know what it really means to follow Jesus, and there were some, there were some, uh, some cobwebs in there, and we were trying to clear out the cobwebs, and we talked about the cost of discipleship, that Jesus says, any, you know, 
Come to me, all who are burdened and heavy laden. But he also says this, if you want to follow me and be my disciple, you must take up your cross daily and follow me. And if you want to save your life, you'll lose it. And he's like, whoa. Wow. And so he really counted the cost of discipleship. And so the whole week at camp, he was just, he'd come and sit down and ask us some more questions. He's like, I just don't know. I'm ready to follow Jesus. Am I, am I telling this right? And then finally, the last day of camp. Now, this is not some, we're not in a very emotional moment at camp. We had just got in these giant inflatable balls and we're knocking into each other. And he was knocking people around and he was getting knocked around. And then at the end of recreation, I know that sounds fun, doesn't it? At the end of recreation, we had a chance for anybody to, to stand up in front of, and this is about, I don't know, 150 kids to stand up and say what God's done in their life. Unprompted, unbeknownst to me, he stands straight up and he says, I just, I've come to the realization that Jesus is Lord and I want to follow him the rest of my life. And he did that in front of, right after he'd been knocking people out, slobber knocking people, he said that in front of this whole group of people. And this man, it's awesome. And, um, we, we know something that, um, that God has, has been, done a great work in Philip's life, and he wants to follow Jesus, and this is one of those steps. And we're thankful for his mom and the way you've poured into him all these years and, and the way that you've paved the way for God to do this great thing. And so um, it is my honor to be able to baptize you, Philip, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's get in. It's cold. Yeah, it's cold. I know. It's cost of discipleship, bro. Take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself, okay? It's getting real. You're, yeah, let's turn this way a little bit. So you're, yeah, all right, yeah. yeah sit down. Yeah, yeah, this is the bad part. <laughs> Philip, grab my arm, man. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me help you out, bro. All right, while he's getting dried off, hey, it's been a good day. Thanks for being with us. We're going to pass the offering basket around. Um, if you have a... Um, if you have anything you want to connect with us about, I'll be hanging out here at the front. Kids, don't forget, um, if you come and bring me your picture um, or the thing you've been working on, the notes you've been taking, I have a little surprise for you down at the front, so come see me. As we finish up here, um, I just want you to know this has been good. I have, have you enjoyed having the kids in here today? I have. Glad to have them here and worship with us. Um, let's stand together, and we're going to dismiss with these words of benediction. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, 11, walk, walk with this as your, as your mission. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Walk with that admonition. You're dismissed. God bless you.